pastors here, and you guys are like the committed group. I mean, coming in on one, at, one hour uh, less of sleep and on snow, just to make everybody who's watching online feel real guilty, right? And um, just kidding, if you're joining us online, don't feel guilt. We're glad you're joining us, um, especially my parents who are in Florida right now. Um, Jesus, would you just be with them, you know? I'm just kidding. All right, so we're going to start off. We're going to continue our series on prayer. And uh, we started this a couple weeks ago. The, the, the title of our series is just to have a heart for prayer. And so we're doing that. We're obviously having some sermon series uh, revolving around this. We have a podcast. Are you guys enjoying that, like, daily podcast? It's just a good, I find it just a good rhythm, just starting my morning and my evening. And you can, if you go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can listen to that. It's Monday through Friday. And, uh, and then we have prayer rooms that we've been doing uh, these past week. And then on Thursday, I think we had, Phil told me, like 26 or 28 people just come to our prayer room this past Thursday, which is just awesome. That's, that's just exciting that you guys like prayer. So it's good. So we can just stop the series and do something else, right? Um, but anyway, we are talking about prayer. And uh, just to help frame this whole series, uh, I'm going to put this slide up. But it's just, here's a look at the three core things about prayer. Of, of, of what we're focusing on is being with God, learning to talk to God, and then hearing from. And so last week we talked about what does it mean to talk to God, and uh, then next week we'll talk more and dive into the hearing from God. And so this is where we're at. So, um, you know, last week we talked about just this, just trying to make it real simple, that, that there's a lots of different varieties of prayer, types of prayer, and sometimes that can hinder us in our prayer life. But just to start off, hey, it's just prayer is really simple. It's just talking to God about the things that matter. And so the first one is just talking with God about what is good and beautiful, what we call adoration and gratitude, and then talking with God about what is bad or evil, and we, we use the word confession or lamenting. And then this morning, we're going to talk specifically about asking. So you can just boil talking to God to those three things. And we're talking about asking, and this is the framework we're going to go into. Asking has two categories of petition is where we ask God to do something on our behalf, and then intercession is when we ask God to do something on someone else's behalf. So we're going to talk through these different things. Um, and, and so I'm going to start off, and I'm going to pray, and then we're going to uh, dive into those things. Okay, we good? So Jesus, I thank you for this idea that we get to come in your presence. That just the framework of right now, what we just did for two songs is we we actually prayed with our bodies, with our voices, and, and adoration declaring just how good and beautiful you are. And so we just start off just praying in the sense that, God, you are a good father, our father in heaven. We are just so thankful that you want us to approach you as children, not just servants, not beggars, but we come to you as children of you. And we ask that your spirit would come and I even, there's a sensitive topic that we'll be on, uh, going through. And so, Jesus, I pray it would be a source of comfort and peace as we look to your scripture and your word to just help navigate some different difficult aspects of life. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to start off with a guy, a story. Maybe many of you have heard of this guy. His name's George Mueller. I'm going to put his uh, face on the screen and he has a beard that I'm just really jealous of because um, I just can't grow facial hair. Um, but anyway, so George Mueller, he was, a, he was a guy, he was a pastor in the 19th century. 
And uh, he was a pastor of a church, and he actually got kind of frustrated with his church and just with their kind of lack of faith in, in what God could do. And so George Mueller decided he was going to uh, start taking care of orphans. And, and so one of the things he began to do was uh, he, was, he began providing education and food for uh, and, and starting a, an orphanage. And, and despite of all the, the costs that, that was involved, he decided not to do any kind of public fundraising. So the only way that, his, that he would raise money was by just praying. And, and he was like, I'm going to pray about everything. Eventually, he had 300 children. Or, three, or he had 300, or he didn't have 300 children. That would be a lot. Um, <laughs> he had 300 orphans in his care. Eventually, over his life, he would have over 10,000 orphans that he took care of. He educated over 120,000 children. He started 117 schools. Again, all because of prayer. He raised more than $97 million in today's money in this way. Uh, and so with so many, you know, mouths to feed, I mean, I have three kids, and that seems like a lot of mouths to feed. Uh, yeah, at one point, George, one of his most famous stories is he has uh, 300 children that he's feeding for breakfast, and he's, he brought them into the, the uh, breakfast area, the dining room, and, um, he, but the, the problem was he had no food in the pantry. Uh, there's no food to feed them, and so he said, all right, we're just going to pray. So he prayed the Lord's Prayer, and in faith, he said, God, would you just provide us, give us today, literally, the daily bread that we need. And as soon as he prayed, a, a guy had knock on the door, someone comes in, and it's a baker in town. He said, I've been up since 2 a.m., I'm, I'm bringing three trays of bread, uh, do you guys want them? George is like, yes, I'll take them. So he gets in, and so they pass out the bread. As soon as the bread's gone, or like after we get the bread passed out, the milkman came in. I got to frame it, because some of you may not, who, what is a milkman, you know? <laughs> like, what is that? So just think Amazon, Amazon's like subscribe and save, you know? You could subscribe and save to your milk, and then just get it delivered to your house every day. That's kind of how it worked. So anyway, the milkman who was driving around doing his Amazon, you know, thing, uh, he breaks down right in front of the orphanage. And he's like, all this milk's going to go bad. So he goes over to the orphanage and goes, hey, uh, I have all this milk. Could you guys use it? And George is like, yeah, uh, I could use it. God just provided in amazing ways right there, and all the children got fed. And so George just cultivated life. If you, you, there's many biographies uh, that are written about George Mueller. You can go in this. But there's this reality of the power of prayer that happens, right, when you just ask. And, and there's just a power for you. Maybe many of you could, you, could you say you've had an answer to prayer that has impacted your life? Yeah, amen, right? So there's, there's this reality of prayer. I shared a little bit last week of a testimony of what, what answered prayer does to our spirit. And I, and I didn't read all of my journal, but if you look at my journal, it's just after that where God showed up, it's like, God, you are just incredibly good. You're incredibly awesome. You are so real, right? You have these moments when answered prayer happens, and, and like, just, like you're just amazed that like this creator God is involved in your life. So I, I, we kind of have to start off with that, right? That this has to be kind of a foundation for us to build on, or the rest of this talk isn't going to make sense. Because prayer does make a difference. I mean, we kind of, and maybe you are, are, are a fall on different, and that's okay. Um, you're welcome here, but we're going to kind of have to preface this talk in a belief that prayer does make a difference. 
And, and there's a power in prayer. James 5 says this in verses 16 through 18. He says, The prayer of a righteous person is very powerful in its effect. Elijah was just a human being as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the land. Then he prayed again, and the sky gave rain, and the land produced its fruit. I like how Dallas Willard says it this way. God's response to our prayers is not a charade. He does not pretend that he is answering our prayer when he is only doing what he was going to do anyway. Our, request, our requests really do make a difference in what God does or does not do. The idea that everything would happen exactly as it does regardless of whether we pray or not is a specter that haunts the minds of many who sincerely profess belief in God. It makes prayer psychologically impossible, replacing it with a dead ritual at best. Of course, this is not the biblical idea of prayer, nor is it the idea of people for whom prayer is a vital part of life. See, prayer does make a difference. There's power that's released in prayer. There's a power and a promise in prayer. But some of you are like, but yeah, but... And there, because on the other side of that, we have to also acknowledge and be honest that sometimes there's pain that comes with prayer. There's a pain that comes with prayer. If we're real honest, that sometimes because we believe that power in the prayer and that prayer doesn't get answered, there can feel like a disappointment or a letdown. As one, one pastor said, you know, I, I could deal with more of the silence of God if I didn't experience the power of God. And I think that's the, what we have to kind of navigate, that tension of believing in the power of prayer, but also navigating unanswered prayer and the silent prayer. And so how do you do that? How do you how do, you do that when uh, the, the cancer doesn't get healed, when the relationship doesn't come into fruition, or you don't get the job you wanted, the relationship, does, like I said, doesn't work out, when it feels like you're seeking God and it just feels like you just get no answer on the other line, how do you navigate that? And, and it's for our family. We've, we've had those experiences. We've had these incredible experiences of God answering our prayer, but we've also had to navigate the other and experiencing tragedy in our life. So how do we experience more of the power of prayer yet navigate the pain and silence of unanswered prayer? That's what we're going to dive into this morning. And again, that feels a little bit like an impossible task. So we're going to just go in. We're going to use the scripture. So we're going to go to Luke 11. If, you're with, if you have your Bibles, uh, go ahead and open that. We're going to just look again at how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. So at the beginning of this chapter, um, you know, Jesus was off in silence and solitude. He was praying, and then he comes back, and his disciples ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. And so I'm not, he goes through what we call, you know, the Lord's Prayer. And so we've gone through that the last few weeks. And so um, we're going to go back down to verse 5, uh, following the Lord's Prayer. And so we're going to read it all the way through, and then we're going to break it down. So he says this. In verse 5, he also said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. Then he will answer from inside and say, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children and I have gone to bed. It's daylight savings time. I need an extra hour of sleep. 
Uh, I'm just sorry. That was, that was a different version. Sorry. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we're going to use these as both a parable and then some instruction. We're going to kind of break it down and kind of do a, a foundational level of prayer. So we see here that at the very beginning of prayer 101, uh, we're going to, out of verse 9, he says, I'm ask, I, I say to you, ask. Prayer at its simplest form and most straightforward is all about asking. It's the heart of prayer. Charles Spurgeon said, asking is the rule of, of the kingdom. I'm going to share some other verses here. It says, in James 4, 2, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. This is the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears whatever we ask, we know that, that we have what we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14, 14 through 15. John 14, 14 says, if you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Philippians 4, 5 through 6, the Lord is near. Don't worry about anything but what in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God. So at the beginning of, of this, of talking to God, there's this essential aspect of it's about asking. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe you're more spiritual than I am. Uh, I feel like there's things we should ask and there's things we probably shouldn't ask. And so, um, but when I look at the scriptures, I don't see that line. I can remember early on in our marriage, I asked permission for my wife to share this story. Um, we had a little dialogue about it. So we had a, uh-oh, I heard. Um, so we had a little dog named Grace, and uh, got, she, she's on, gone on to be with Jesus. Um, but Grace, uh, at one point, uh, one of the problems we had with Grace is she liked to eat her own feces. And... Um, you know, it's just, we tried different things, and this is just what it was. And, but I remember at one point, um, Grace was kind of sick, and all of a sudden, she was like, I think she might be dying. And I was like, I guess this is what happens when you eat your own feces. Like, she is just, you know, it's, it just, she had it coming. Anyway, um, <laughs> so in my mind, I'm like thinking through, you know, how am I going to do this? Do we have to take it to the vet? Like, and my wife just bends down and, 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 and lays hands on grace and just starts praying over grace. And if you, like, could read my mind, it probably wouldn't be great of just, like, really, we're going to pray for our dog? You know, like, of all the things, you know, God has to deal with and struggle with, we're worried about my dog. And, and I remember just kind of, like, you know, wrestling with that. But then I, uh, I've learned over the years, uh, my wife just prays about everything. She is, if you, like, last week I just talked about um, you know, having a prayerful disposition. My wife, that is my wife to the T. She will pray. If you tell her something that you're struggling with, she's going to pray for you. Uh, that's just her nature. 
And I was talking a little bit about last night and this, this, this idea, and she just said to me, is like, all these opportunities, all I'm doing is I'm just inviting God into them. I'm just inviting God into all these issues. And I'm seeking him, where else can I go, right? That's her natural response to certain things that she's trying. And I'm like, yeah, I want that, <laughs> you know? I don't want to have to have this line that goes, is God going to care about this or not? Again, in this, in this passage we see, right, it's all about seeking, seeing God as our father. And I think about me as a father, my kids, do I want my kids to be like, I don't want to bring, the, I, my dad's not going to be interested in this, I'm not going to approach him with this. That would sadden my heart, right? Because the reality is, as a father, I care about the things that my kids care about. And it's the same for us. God cares about the things we care about. And so for anything, we don't have to, we don't have to make lines on what's appropriate to ask or not. God wants us to just be real. Paul Miller in his book, A Praying Life, says, all of Jesus' teaching on prayer in the Gospels can be summarized with one word, ask. His greatest concern is that our failure or reluctance to ask keeps us distant from God. But that is not the only reason he tells us to ask anything. God wants, us, God wants to give us good gifts. He loves to give. And that phrase of how much more, we, we serve a how much more kind of God. Cassie, who's our administrative assistant here, she posted on Facebook, I think this past week, you know, she went to go give blood and uh, she got, you know, they do the iron test where, you know, you have to have a, I think, I, I don't remember what the exact point, I think you need 12 and a half uh, to give blood and hers was 11.7. So the next day she was going to try again to give blood and she just started praying, Lord, uh, can I just even get a 13? Because if I get 13, then I can do, I guess you can do the double red blood cells. And so she gets there just the next day, and it's 14.3. Yeah, and so it's just this simple thing of, and what was cool is this becomes a little story of her asking and seeking God, and now she gets gratitude to God, taking something that's really ordinary, something that's simple, not just simple, but if you've ever had needed blood, it's not a simple thing, right? And God met her there, and she got to experience the goodness of God. And so the question is, like, what are you reserved to bring to God? Is there anything you feel like, mm, I, need, I don't think I can give this to God? The challenge is I want you to think through even the past week, if you had all your prayers answered, what would it change? If you think through everything you prayed for in the last week, what difference would that make? That's not to be like bring shame on you. It's if we really believe in the power of prayer, these opportunities to ask that God wants us to bring all things to him, it should change the way we pray. And so I'd encourage you, whatever it is, whatever you care about, God cares about. Bring it to him and ask. But let's, let's keep going here. Let's go back to the parable. I want to reread it again and, and kind of break it down into some context. So here we are in verse 5. He said, he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. So let's get some context to the story. I think it will help do this. So in that, in that context, you know, when you traveled, it, it wasn't like you could send a text, hey, I'm going to be there in five minutes, which really means 15 to 20 minutes, right? Um, for most of us, right? If we just say, I'm on my way, you haven't even left yet. Um, but anyway, so in that, in that culture, right, like these journeys would take days and days, and it could vary uh, depending on the, your delays and certain things, what time. And often what they would do is they would travel at night due to the heat. 
And so sometimes, because of the heat, they would travel at night. And so uh, this friend shows up, and, and so picture yourself, let's say your name's Tim, and so you have a friend come in, and uh, he shows up at midnight, knocks on your door, and, and you have nothing to give him. They've been traveling for days and days, and he doesn't have much to eat. Your, part of your role as a, as a host was to, to be, practice hospitality. It was, it was this sacred duty in their culture, like your actual reputation was um, based on how well you could be hospitable, hospitable to people. So, you know, right before you bed, you just finished up your, uh, all the bread and your, you know, as you were watching TV and winding down, you ate all of the bread and all of a sudden your friend shows up, you have nothing to give him. And so what are you going to do? you like, you can't really whip up bread, you can't throw it in a microwave. Um, I guess I go to my friend's. So he goes to his friends, knocks on the door, because there's a situation, who am I going to disappoint? Am I going to disappoint my friend who's traveling, or am I going to disappoint and frustrate my neighbor? So I'm going to, I'm going to hospitality's on the line, so I'm going to go to my neighbor, goes to the neighbor, knocks on the door, and, uh, and, and, what, and in some of this context, based on this, we know that his neighbor's not a rich guy, because most likely it's a one-bedroom house. So the kitchen, bedroom, bathroom, all is one room. And so he's like, don't bother me because if I get up, I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to search through things. I'm going to have to turn on the light. I'm going to wake up everybody. Just leave. But the, the neighbor keeps banging on the door. And it says this in verse 8. This is kind of the key. He says, I tell you, even though this neighbor won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend. It's not because, oh, he's my good buddy. I want to help him out. I want to help my friend out. He says this, yet because of his friend's shameless boldness. That word shameless boldness can be translated uh, a shameless persistence. It's an asking with an unembarrassed persistence or boldness. It's, and so the, the, the thing is, because of that, because he keeps on knocking and he doesn't care what his neighbor friend thinks, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. To be honest, when I read this, this is what makes me a little uncomfortable, Right? It's this, this ability to approach God with a shameless persistence of just, God, I, I, I need this. I want this. I'm going to keep coming to you. I'm going to keep coming to you. I'm going to keep coming to you. This is how he wants us to approach him. That it, as we start asking, it's not just a one and done thing. God wants us to keep bringing it to him. Keep bringing it to him. Keep bringing it to him. And, and, and later on in Luke uh, chapter 18, verse 1, he says, he told them another parable. Uh, Joel kind of went over that one. But, but he said, he, he told them this parable on the need for them to pray always and what? Not give up. To keep praying. And then he goes into those commands, right? Ask, seek, and knock. If you, if you actually look at the original language, it means to keep on asking, to keep on singing, seeking, to keep on knocking. It's this ongoing thing. And so we're called to ask, but, but the reality is what Jesus is trying to teach, the manner in which we ask is important. To keep on asking, to praying with persistence. And so if you are struggling with, with unanswered prayer, some of you just need to hear, Jesus wants you to keep bringing it to him. Keep asking, keep asking, keep bringing it to him. Have that unembarrassed persistence. Keep bringing it to him. And it says out of that, God will answer uh, those prayers if we keep bringing it to him. So don't give up. Keep going. But yet, some of you have done that. You've, you've, you've done those things. You've, you've asked God. You've been persistent. It's been years and years and years. And maybe it's something that, it's a petition that you've prayed uh, on your behalf. 
Or maybe you've been interceding for somebody, a, a family member, and, and you've been praying on their behalf, yet it still doesn't happen. How do we navigate that? Because this can, this can mess with us, if we're honest. Wait, I just read, right? If you ask in my name, it will happen. How do we do that? I had, and again, I shared this a couple weeks ago. I had a friend, he, he, he was just struggling with that. He was going through this process, and he's like, Johnny, I, I'm... I'm I don't want to pray anymore because I feel like I'm going to get disappointed. And for some of you, you've had that letdown and it's, it's caused you not to want to keep praying because you're afraid you're going to be disappointed. And so how do we again navigate the unanswered prayers? I'm going to first look to Jesus. You realize Jesus had unanswered prayers. I'm going to, I'm going to show a couple of them and I'm going to look a little bit like how he prayed and I think there's a, a a key in here that's for all of us. So when he is, um, what, we, what we're going to celebrate on Good Friday, he took his friends uh, to, to Mount of Olives and to pray. And he, he got real honest and said, God, take this cup from me. He prayed three times. He prayed to the point where he sweated, sweated blood. Right? That's pretty intense. I've never done that. I'm never just, I'm bleeding my sweat. Pretty intense. He has his friends come with him. He's praying, God, just take this cup of suffering me. If there's any other way, let this pass from me. God didn't answer that prayer, right? But he said, not my will, but your will be done. There's another prayer that, that Jesus prayed that, that is an ongoing prayer that's not answered. So right before his crucifixion, he gathers his good friends, he brings them together, and, he's, and he says this prayer, Father, let them be one as you and I are one. I don't know about you, but I look at across the church, I don't think there's much unity and oneness that's happening. That prayer's not getting answered, right? Or that prayer's not answered. So Jesus' prayer, right, that, that they would be one is not, it's not answered. But I think there's some keys in here that I'm going to give you a couple little things that I think are important. If you look at even Jesus when he went to this Mount of Olives, often when we, we navigate unanswered prayer or disappointment, it's, it's easy to isolate and, and keep it to ourselves. And, and what Jesus modeled here, even Jesus brought his friends and invited his pr friends to pray with him. So I think there's just a key aspect. Whatever you're going through, whatever prayer that does not uh, seem to be answered and you're struggling with, there's an opportunity to invite other people of God into that with you. Uh, some safe friends, some people who you know are going to trust and pray with you. There is something powerful about taking that burden and, and allowing other people to carry that with you. And so um, choose to continue to be vulnerable with your friends. But I think there's one other thing that, that we can do that I think is important is, is to pray the promises of God. There's just throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, um, if you actually play, pay close attention to the scriptures, they don't actually tend to pray much of the problems. They don't pray much against the persecution. They don't pray against much of these things. What they end up doing is they pray the promises of God. So the heart of petition and the heart of intercession is asking God to fulfill his promises to overcome evil with good, the promise to overcome. This is why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, we can call on God to do what we know what God desires to do. And that's pray into the promises of God. And we get one of those in this passage that we just read. 
right? How much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? That's a promise of God. Because I don't know about you, sometimes when it comes to certain problems, more than overcoming the problem, I need God's presence in, with whatever I'm navigating in. And this tends to be the promise that I want you guys to pray. It, often when we, when we are going through something and there's, not, there's no answer, it's nothing's happening, so often we can say, why God? Like, why God did this happen? Why God did you allow this to happen? And to be honest, that's okay. That's a good lament prayer. But don't stay there. Move to, well, where are you, God? Where are you in this? And then start navigating the promises of God. So for me, it's often I go to Psalm 23. God, you are my shepherd. I have all that I need. Even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. That's a promise. That's a promise we can hold on to. There's a psalm that says, God is close to the brokenhearted. So if you're going through a broken heart, know that there's, there's, a, there's a where question you can ask. God, where are you? And, and for some of us, that's bring, brought the most comfort. When we've experienced the heartbreak and the pain of unanswered prayer, it's been experiencing the presence of God that's brought us comfort and to keep moving on, to keep pressing into his kingdom. Because that's part of this idea of unanswered prayer is that's the not yet of the kingdom. But we have a, we have a bigger hope that all of what happens in this earth isn't the end game. We have, a, we have a whole other end game. We press into that. So again, Jesus asks us to ask. That's, the, that's a foundational part of prayer is to ask. And, and don't blur the lines. Bring it all to him. Then to keep on asking, keep on asking, keep with, with um, shameless persistence, bring those things to God. And then there's this idea that we can pray the promises of God, that those things are always true, those things we can pray into even when we're not seeing what we want happen. So how are we going to do this this week? Here's some different challenges, some different things, uh, different opportunities that I would encourage you to do. Uh, the first one is uh, to maintain a prayer list. So if you go to prayercourse.org, they have a different toolboxes. One of these um, is, is some instructions on maintaining a prayer list. So for me, it may look different from each of you. Uh, I'm going to throw out some different ideas. You pick what you want. So for me, I, I'm a journaler, so I kind of go through the different adoration. I go through thanksgiving. I go through confession and, and repentance and then lamenting, and then I go through asking. And I just jot things down that I keep track of that I, I'm asking God for, whether it's, hey, we're car shopping. God, would you show us what car you have? Uh, just different things like that. And I just go through it, and then I go through some intercession of who I'm praying for, and I just allow God to show me uh, who I should pray for, and so I can look back and look, re-look at those things and keep praying into those. For some of you, you could pick a day each, uh, pick a theme each day, and so Monday, maybe you, you pray for your workplace or your vocation, and so when you wake up that morning, um, you just take some time and you pray for your workplace. Another, another theme that you could do on a day is, is to pray for your family members or close friends. Um, you know, you can have a certain day where you can pray for our church or our food pantry uh, and different things like that. You can pray for our city. Uh, you can pray for leaders, um, leaders in our city and in, in our government. Uh, scriptures obviously call for us to pray and intercede on behalf of them. Um, I would encourage you to pray for different projects or tasks or things you care about around the house, like things you have to buy. Pray for those. Um, and even if you feel called to, like, missions and different, uh, like, nations, 
pray for those specific things and maybe pick a theme each day. And so sometimes I'll do this as well, is I'll just pray, uh, create an index card and put some things that I'm praying for for the day. Sometimes I do this with people who, uh, who don't know Jesus yet, and I create my, my list of people who I'm just praying for on an on rate, ongoing basis. And sometimes when I reach in my pocket and I feel that little index card, I just go, okay, God, I pray for this person. I pray for this person. I pray for this person. Would you, would you come and would you soften their hearts? So there's some variety. There's some choose-your-own-adventure. But I would just encourage you to sit, maintain some sort of, fam, like of some sort of prayer list. As a family, I'd pick a few things and pray through certain things that you're praying through as a family. Incorporate your kids in that as well. And then the last thing is write down one prayer promise that you're just going to pray into. Maybe, and I'd, obviously I use some scripture Find some scripture, whatever, you, whatever you, you need in this season of life. And maybe display that somewhere. Maybe it's on the mirror in your bathroom and just say, I'm going to pray this prayer over and over again. I can, this, is a, this is a prayer I know it's going to be answered because it's God's promise. I'm going to pray into that. Maybe it's Psalm 23. Maybe it's, it just did this idea that God you know, promises that he's going to give us a spirit. He's a good father. And so whatever that prayer promise is, pray into that. So I'm going to end with this, and then I'll I'll actually invite the worship team to come back. We're going to worship a couple more songs. I want you to just think for a minute what kind of future you want. What kind of future do you want? Now, there's a lot in the future that we can't control. Right? I don't know what the stock market's going to do. I don't know recession. I don't know what interest rates are. I don't know what all these things are. But if we believe in the power of prayer, and we believe that we have, we have that access as followers of Jesus, that means through the power of prayer, we can influence and shape our future. That whatever we pray into now is what we're going to be able to walk into in the future. Uh, a theologian, Walter Wink, says it this way. He says, history belongs to the intercessors who believe the future into being. Even a small number of people firmly committed to the new inevitability on which they have fixed their imaginations can decisively affect the shape the future takes. These shapers of the future are the intercessors. Through prayer, we can't control the future, but we can decisively affect the shape the future takes. And I get it. News is always like, if you ever read news or anything, it's like, it is always doom, right? It's, the world's going to fall apart. But what if we took Jesus at his word to ask, to keep on asking, to keep pressing into his kingdom and his promises? Prayer can be a, a spiritual defiance of whatever that is. And we can walk in, whether it's in our city, in our church, or whatever, I truly believe we can shape that future by our prayer life of coming together and praying together, seeking God. And I'm sure many of you uh, have seen what's going on in Asbury and different things. There's different things that are happening. 
and we're excited about those things, but what you might not see under the surface or below the surface is there's been intercessors, people praying and seeking and asking God, would there be a revival to break out? Would, there, would you pour your spirit out on this place? Would, you, would people encounter your love? Would, would people encounter your good news? For every revival, and we're going to study this a little bit later, wherever there's a, a, like a breakout of, of the kingdom, what you see in the, in the hiddenness are people on their knees crying out to God, God, would you come? And so what we are experiencing now is prayers from our past. The, the, what we're seeing here as a church, many of you, uh, we are able to walk in this legacy because of people who committed themselves to praying over and over again. Christy could probably share a little bit more of that, that we're here because of the prayers of people. And I want to do that for the next generation and the next generation, that they can encounter and experience something. And we would just be willing to get on our knees and cry out, God, and ask, would you, would you pour your spirit out? Would you do it again as we pray, or we sang earlier? May we just believe with the power of prayer we can shape and influence our future. Let us just stand and worship together.